Are you ready to be a part of the Rebels for a Cause? The Courtney Turner Podcast presents Cause Fest, taking place on June 3rd and 4th at the Factories Liberty Hall in Franklin. Join Creative Artists Unite and fight for the arts and humanity. Cause Fest is an epic weekend of liberty-centered music, comedy, lectures, live podcasts, aerial acrobatics, and more. Visit rebelsforcause.com to learn more. Rebelsforcause.com. Let's honor art, humanity, and liberty for all. Welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I am here today with Patrick Byrne. Um, we're at the Reawaken America Tour. I'm so excited that we're making this happen. I have been trying to get an interview with him for, I guess it's been two years now. Uh, <laughs> almost three. But I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. We're, we're, we're here. We're doing it. And uh, maybe we... I'm, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. So I, we, we were talking a little bit, thinking about what we're going to cover here. And... Uh, he has a PhD in philosophy, so you all know how much I love to discuss philosophical topics and how these concepts got us to where we are today. And I think that's just something that a lot of people don't really, they don't know and they don't have a grasp on. And I do think that's by design. I think that, you know, I talk a lot about the modern education system and how it's based on the Prussian model, you oh, know, yeah. the three-tier Prussian model that well, was literally well, designed hey. for compliance yes. after the Battle of Jena. So... I, so obviously they don't want critical thinkers. <laughs> so, right. So yeah. So you were telling me about. So in this age of Orwell, they call because they want to extinguish all critical thought. They call what they do critical studies, critical legal studies, critical. Which means you critique, critique, critique. Yeah, but it's negate. Yeah, but the truth is that they are the least critical thinkers there are. They're the most oh, yeah. ideological, most indoctrinated, most NPC thinkers. At least incapable of critical thought are the people who work in those departments. For sure, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that the architects of those are, but the the people who you know they're they're usefully the parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. But no, the architects were brilliant. The Frankfurt School and the the uh, well, the, the, the Fabian Socialists. It to me, it really Fabian Socialism is one of the real sources. One of yeah. the original, but. Really, where Marxism leaps the track from a class warfare to just a general oppressor-oppressed narrative, I guess, is with Gramsci and the Italian yep. prison stuff, and then the Frankfurt School, and then the ones who said, let's take the structure of Marxism, class warfare, capitalist worker, and map it onto male, female, white, black, straight, queer, Queer in to their sense. create the group identity yeah. politics. And it's all about using that, all about having that mass revolution. It's really all about the revolution. It's not about the capitalist worker. It was really about getting there to be a revolution. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, are you familiar with the Tavistock Institute? I've heard the name, but it's about, but you're They were, they're the like world uh, premier brainwashing institute out of uh, London, but they started as the British Propaganda Bureau at the Wellington House in 1912. And it was literally called the British Propaganda Bureau. And their argument was that Germany had a propaganda bureau. And so, of course, they had to have a propaganda bureau. And the, the main intention then was to garner acquiescence for the First World War. 
But I, I bring it up just to say that I think a lot of the convergence of the Fabian Socialists and the Frankfurt School was done through Tavistock. Really? Yeah. They, like did, a, they, they did it, they arranged it? Well, there's a lot of overlap between this, the Fabian Socialists who are, in, who are involved with Tavistock and the Frankfurt School members who were involved with Tavistock. Yeah. And I think it was a way of uh, doing the propaganda and brainwashing and c- cultural creation, social engineering through... Uh, I mean, something new. I'll have to look at it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is that Tavistock with a T, Tango? Tavistock. So most people had never heard of Tavistock until uh, uh, like a year or two ago because they got sued for their transgender clinic. So then it started to make headlines. Oh, they... And then their science turned out to just a month or two ago, the Lancet, I think it was, came out and and renounced an article that they had published that's at the core of this of the transgender ideology is this British study that they're now saying, wait, it was all it's terrible, terrible study, terrible data, may have been fake data, et cetera. But every oh, this whole change over the last 10 years was driven by this British study. Yeah. And now they're being sued for it. And now they're being sued because of uh, the kids, because the, the, the kids who they were doing the surgeries on, they were pushing all of this agenda. So they, that's when it made headlines. But they've been around for well over a century and they went through many iterations. You know, they were the Wellington House. Then they became the Tavistock Clinic. Um, then they became the Tavistock Institute of Human Relation. And they have many other like offshoots and shell companies and foundations. Um yeah, that whole history is fascinating, but I can send you more please, information on that. Please do. Um, but I, I think that it's kind of, there's only two people who've written books on it. One is uh, Dan Estelin, and the other one is Dr. John Coleman. And they both of their work stopped about 30, 40 years ago. Oh, so anything you have, I'd love to read Okay, I will. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the communist takeover now. Yeah. And what's happening. It's coming out. It's a Maoist. It's all that plus Maoist. Mao really perfected the art of sort of movement warfare. It's ha- the Cultural Revolution was really, he had lost power, he had lost favor, was being put out to pasture. So he created, he, he basically created or did movement warfare where he fought back with movements. And it was all, very, it's everything we're experiencing now for Mao. Struggle sessions. The right? struggle sessions. There are five good, good identities and five bad identities and the bad ones if you've been a landlord if you've been a capitalist if you're anti-reaction uh again if you're anti-revolution and uh, you know like these really vague categories and then the five good ones are like if you're red and five different ways of being red so you criticize all these kids tell them that they're evil because they come from these families but you can cure that by becoming a red and all these kids became the red guard and they basically did what Antifa and BLM did a few years ago. They did on a much bigger scale, but and they like they they terrorized the whole country. So yeah, yeah so it's a Maoist. Uh, James Lindsay did a good talk on it just the other day. And it was, he called it something like uh, Maoism with American characteristics. James Lindsay, yes. he's a mathematician. We I've had him on several times. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, we we've done that, and I've done a bunch of roundtable discussions with him as well. So. Like on uh, Gnosticism, on the dialectic. Oh, you had him on to discuss that, really? Yep. Yeah. It. It's awesome. Yeah, really. Yeah, it is happened. a Gnostic thing we're up against, isn't it? It absolutely is. What yep. is it? What makes them, what drives the people attracted to that worldview? You know, I, so I think this is a really fascinating question because I think that this is like an age old kind of battle, dialectic, essentially, right? And it, it is, I do see it as a spiritual battle. 
regardless of what worldview you subscribe to, it's pretty clear to see that there is like there are the people who think that humans have free will. We were endowed with free will and we should honor that and that, you know, let people celebrate that and utilize that. And then there are the people who want to control others and they want to take away the free will. The Gnostic concept is this concept that God is the enemy, right? It's a very Luciferian type notion. God's the enemy because he limited man. He has now restricted his knowledge. And so it's it's also like, I think the existentialists are kind of a rebranding of this Gnosticism, right? Man has been hurled into the world and having been hurled, he is now responsible for everything he does. And thus he's filled with despair. So they feel that God is the enemy because humans could have had all this knowledge and he limited it. And so this is where some of the, because I think there are many iterations of Gnosticism. You know, there's the Hermeticists, there are the uh, Luciferians, I think are a form of Gnosticism. And that- I, There's the uh, social justice warriors. Yes, exactly. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I think that part of what's enticing is they think, and this is where we get to the people like Klaus Schwab and you've all know her, know her right? They think they're going to be God. They think that, right, his book was man, was homo deus, man, God. So they think they will replace, and he says that, he says, well, we will have the opportunity to supersede the biblical God because the biblical God could only create organic material, organic life, and we will be able to create inorganic life. And I think that's what's appealing to, to, to the people who subscribe to it. It's appealing to think that they have that much control, that much power. But then you have the elites who want to control everybody else who actually create these psychopathic personalities in order to use them to for their worker. Interesting. How do they create these psychopathic personalities like <laughs> Harari? Yeah. How do they, they deliberately create these? Yeah, that was, that, was, that was actually experiments that were done out of Tavistock. Um, they've done lots of uh, social science research so, on creating uh, psychopathy. Uh, exacerbating narcissism, and I think we see that with all the technology. Uh, you know, everything, iPhone. It's it's all like me, 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 and they they breed the culture breeds that, and then those who are most susceptible will fall in line, and then they're malleable, and they can co-opt them. Fascinating. <laughs> I could sit here all day listening to you. I'm glad I. I want to hear more from you. Yeah. That- so tell me about how how we got from so this is the Maoist insurgency that we're well part of it is at the ideological level part of it is a really a level of espionage you should understand the order chain of command is China Iran Cuba Venezuela the Mexican cartels and you should understand there are four Mexican cartels but they really report up to a a a king cartel the king cartel. It's the Cartel of the Sons, Cartel de los Solas. You ever heard of that? No. The sons referred to are the stars on the shoulders of the generals because it's the Venezuelan generals. Venezuela is where cartel and mafia turns into nation state. So we, and then Cuba, which is very, Cuban military isn't a big deal. It's Cuban intelligence is very, very strong. Anyway, they have organized this a takedown of us uh, through the election system. I can tell you, you were going to wanted to talk about Dominion at some point. Yeah. I can't wait to talk. Can I tell you, I'm going to fill in some of the gaps for you guys on Dominion. Okay. Do you know what I'm going to do? Ready, I don't yeah. <laughs> so in 1992, yeah. there's this Venezuelan colonel. 
Hugo Chavez tries to run a coup, is defeated, goes in prison. In 1997, three young men start a software company called Biz Softer. And they, in Venezuela, in Caracas, just normal guys, good, legitimate purpose. Hugo Chavez gets out of prison, like 98, 99, he becomes, he gets elected president. He's president. In 02, there was a mini coup against him. He was actually out for a few days, but he made a deal. He got back in. He got back in. And he, as he got into 03, he knew he was facing an election, a referendum in 04, and he was down 70 to 30. He was getting crushed. So he went to these three young guys and he told them to build a system that can rig me an election. They moved to Florida, to Boca, and they started a Delaware company called Smartmatic. And then Smartmatic rigged the election. Like they, they went to, they got Olivetti. Do you remember Olivetti typewriters? Sure. Well, Olivetti, 20 years ago, was remaining business. It was in the business of making election, uh, I'm sorry, lottery systems that all tie together. Like you have in 7-Elevens, lots of different machines, and they're all tied into some national network. And they realized, hey, we can take those machines and make it maps to the precinct national election architecture. And just as one might imagine that an Italian lottery machine manufacturer, it's not inconceivable that there is a trap drawer in it that let them rig it. The election of was riggable and it was rigged in 04. At that point, the Venezuelan government got behind Smartmatic, gave it money. And, and now here's where it comes in. When you buy a laptop, whether you're buying Lenovo or Dell or HP, on the inside, it's the Microsoft operating system. Similarly, when you buy, for the last 20 years, this has been, say, as Townsend said, grosso modo, true, that when you buy an election system, whether it's Heart, ESS, or Dominion, which is the domestic, the dominant one in the U.S., that inside the operating system is the old Smartmatic automated election system, also called this, I think Dominion rebranded the general election management system. So it's, it's, it's their operating system inside. And it's the same. So you're, and then, and then it just came out in the Venezuelan paper a week ago. Some very brave journalists published that when you look into Smartmatic, who it's actually owned by, yeah. is a company in, uh, Emerald Robinson did a story on this, a company in the Netherlands, get this, that's 50-50 owned. One is by the petroleum, the National Petroleum Company of Venezuela, which is a $3 trillion slush fund of the cartels. And the other 50% owner is Chevron. So the election system, the Microsoft operating system of all the election systems out there essentially are owned by the $3 trillion slush fund of the Venezuelan cartel and a global oil company. I was, what could possibly go wrong, Courtney? What nothing. could go wrong? So has anybody looked into the uh, Rockefeller Rothschild connection there? Well, it's not connected. To, it's connected. George Soros is behind Dominion. George Soros. George Soros, Dominion tried to buy smart. Well, Soros has ties to them as well, but yeah, uh, I'm but because of the uh, the oil uh, companies, the the Rockefellers were behind. The, I'm sure at some level these guys are all on a first name basis. I'm sure who's ever behind all this. Here's something funny: Dominion tried to buy Smartmatic after right. it successfully did this. A Democratic Congresswoman from New York 
Carolyn Wex or something. She got the DOJ to block it. It was too dangerous. Smartmatic spun off a company. Well, it bought a company that had a bunch of election mischief in its past called Sequoia. And then it spun it off with the with licenses to all its intellectual property. And then Dominion bought Sequoia in 2010. So that's how it got into business. So these guys, now you know why their denials are so ridiculous. Their denials are always like, smart, Mylix, not a Venezuelan company. No, it's not. It's a Delaware company formed by three Venezuelan immigrants who just had a Venezuelan software company and has Venezuelan cap money in it from the cartels, I think. But, you know, so that's the kind of defense. So if you look, listen to their denials, their denials are oh so carefully worded because they're all trying to. And the other one they always say is, uh, oh, there's no licensing agreement between Dominion and Smart Bargains. Or, I mean, uh, Smart Bar Smartmatic. Yeah, there. But it's it's not that there's a licensing agreement. It's that they put the license in a company that Dominion called Sequoia that Dominion then bought. So their denials are these carefully worded dancing guy denials. And but at the end of the day, what I said in the fall of 2020 was this whole industry is full of technology, junk technology with its roots in Venezuela. And I stand by that today. This whole t industry is junk technology with its roots in Venezuela. In fairness to Dominion, they claim, I understand, that in 2018, they rewrote all their code. Well, just so you know, this Eric Coomer, the CTO of Dominion, back in 0506, he was the CTO of Smartmatic. It's the same guy. Anyway, so this is all junk technology with its roots in Venezuela, one way or another. And we're going to parse and out a global oil money. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is quite relevant, actually. What could go wrong? <laughs> You know, so that's crazy. And this yeah. was just a week ago, a Venezuelan newspaper, some guys probably hanging from piano wire today, published this. The, the main independent newspaper in Venezuela published this story. That, about. Oh, did they? And they published the truth that I've known for a while. There was a smart bargain executive up in either Wisconsin or somewhere around there and, and doing a contract and under oath before a city council. And they asked him, well, who owns who owns Smartmatic? Who owns all this software? And he finally said, it's owned by some businessmen back in Venezuela. So when you're voting, oh, here, you, okay, you, yeah. you want to hear one more little fact? Yeah, yeah. Dominion, its, its plant is in Taiwan. That's where its machines come from. So, but the machines are just assembled there out of components that come from mainland China. And the motherboard comes from a plant in mainland China owned by the CCP, a CCP plant. So when you're voting, Courtney, in America on these machines, you're voting on machines where the frontal lobe, the, the motherboard was manufactured in a communist plant in communist China, and the software really traces its lineage back to the cartels of Venezuela. Now, if I can prove that in court, right. what do you think of the Dominion Billion Six case against me? Because I can prove everything in court. Well, it, it would nullify the entire case. I can't wait, Dominion. I can't wait. I can't. Let's get it on, baby. Let's get it on. Uh, well, I hope you get vindicated. What do you think about... So I, I have a couple of questions from that. What do you think their goals are with... Because... Uh, so obviously there's some financial interest, clearly. But I think the goal is bigger than that, right? It's not just a fiscal... Oh, no. No, the, yeah. the Chinese goal is very well understood. You can look in a book called 
Unrestricted Warfare, right, 1998. Also a speech by Minister of Defense Sure Hao Tian that when he retired in 03, he gave a speech that leaked, highest level leak in Chinese history, where he laid it out. And their goal is through first destabilizing us with bioweapons and another means of attack to crater us, we get into civil war and civil war, 90% of us die in the course of a year just from supply chain collapse. Then they, under the guise of, oh, it's a race war, it's going to turn into, and you know, it's going to, they're going to make, do everything they can to make it a race war. But, and then once it's, once it's going, they say, ah, it's a race war in America. We need the United Nations to step in. They'll come in, take the cities. There will be a three-year period where they and the cartels get to rape, pillage, loot, and burn till we are a husk. They leave alive 30 million whites. They don't want the others. They leave alive 30 million whites to serve as slaves. They colonize us, thus solving the top three security concerns of China, which are food, food, and food. And this solves a 2,500-year-old problem for China. And if you don't believe me, believe the Minister of Defense of China who said all this in a speech that leaked, okay? So it's not me being crazy or look at this, the book Unrestricted Warfare, which is all about the, the, how they're going to use different levels of warfare. By the way, only the final level is one that we even understand as warfare where bullets fly. They don't even need it. In their perfect world, that never happens. It's movement warfare. They're orchestrating behind the scenes and helping movements, movement warfare that, that shatters us. And the millions of people are going to cross the, the million people who cross the border in the next month, a whole bunch of them are in on this game plan. Yeah. Do, you th do they know they're in on this game plan? Yeah, a whole bunch of them are trained in, in the southern half of Venezuela is now basically a terrorist training camp. And there's t training going on for terrorist types from around the world. The, the camps, the prisons but especially the prisons of Venezuela have look, have released thousands of rapist murderers. And this is specifically what they're doing. Anyone who's a rapist murderer gets released. They get a plane ticket to Panama and they were integrated in that stream. You have both Chinese and Russian security, FSB, have offices along that stream of millions of humans coming. They are, they are recruiting people, but they are thousands Venezuela released 4,000 rapist murderers from their prisons. And this is what Biden is saying we have to. So this is this is a, well, there, there was a Venezuelan guy who did a TikTok a few months ago who's in this caravan, and he's a real handsome kid. And, and you know, as, as he says, we're what's coming for you. People look like me. You think we're real nice? Fall asleep at a bus stop. Fall asleep at a subway. We're going to slit your throat. And the nation, in two years, it will be the nation formerly known as the United States of America. That's hard. Just so you know, well, I hate to hate to ruin your day, but that's what's coming for you. Not, may as well not sugarcoat it. Might as well what? May as well not sugarcoat it. No, no. We have, people need to know. Um, I have so many questions. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess the big one is, well, is there anything that can be done to stop this? Oh, yeah. They could stop it. So they could stop it in one week. Put Tom Holman in charge. He'll stop it in 10 days, just like it took him about 45 days to stop it when Donald Trump gave him the green light. Now they just reactivate that. It's all stopped in 10 days. It's stop like that. This is all deliberate. The collapse of the southern border is deliberate. Where it's deliberate. I Part of their revolution. Right. So with the revolution, do you, do you know, if you look back in history, they fund both sides of these revolutions. Yeah, they want us to collapse in the Civil War. 
And then we are, we get, for three years, we are pillaged. But when there's nothing left but a carcass, we get turned over to the Chinese. They have already distributed the deeds in China. Your home in, in Franklin, Tennessee, already has a deed. Some Chinese colonel already has a deed on your home. He thinks that when the smoke clears, which he, they now believe is 2028, maybe 2027, when the smoke clears, he already knows that's a Courtney, he, looked, he looks at you like Google Earth. He sees the little hot tub you put in last summer. He thanks you for it. He's looking forward to using it. They believe they're occupying that home by 2028, maybe 2027. So where does the, where does our like military industrial complex fall into all of this? And how does this fall in line with the, you know, the plans for the one world government takeover? And do you see, sorry, I have a third part to that question. Do you see China as having been their model? You know, I mean, we basically empowered China. And do you think they went rogue or do you think they're still a part of this whole master plan to create this one world? I think China's, the speed of China's success took them by surprise. I think they, I originally saw themselves in an alliance with China. Look, whoever has a global ambition, step one is you have to defeat the United States. You have to knock us out of the game. Right. So, So both the WF and China have that. Now, they thought they would be arguing over the spoils. Klaus Schwab and Soros found out that's not what China wants. China wants a Beijing-centered world where everything is in concentric circles around it, and they are vassal states to the great emperor. That's what they want, and that's why a year ago, 18 months ago, you saw George Soros split and say, ah, emperor, I mean, uh, President Xi is the enemy of humanity, is the greatest threat to the... That's why they shared the mission until then of taking us down, but they, uh, but now Klaus Schwab understands China wants to integrate them. What they are is Nazism 2.0. They're Central European, Hanoverian type powers who always resented that we broke free and they want, they want what the, what the Nazis 1.0 wanted. But they realize they don't need bullets to do it. They can use movement warfare. So that's the WEF, and that's that's what's going on here. At this point, they are trying to integrate one super state that will stand up to Eurasia, China, Russia. That's what the WEF is about. They're trying to get that done. And it's Australia and New Zealand, Singapore, U.S., Canada, you know, that, uh, and, and Western Europe. Right, right. The, that's what they're struggling over. Right. The, the Anglo-American establishment versus the... Versus the slave, yeah. slave establishment. One form another slavery. Right. Yeah, for sure. However, the WEF, you know, they just want a, a modified form of slavery. I mean, yeah. they, 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 so, yeah, a neo-feudal. Yeah, neo-feudal. So what do you see for 2024? I see that the other, uh, the U.S., gets through i first i'm afraid the other side won't let us have an election they're afraid they're going to be hung from trees and i know that because i get asked i promise them you're not going to be hung from trees if you listen to me i'm the one guy in this stadium probably who doesn't want you hung from trees. but we need a truth and reconciliation commission and i was actually so pleased to see donald j trump use that expression last week did you hear that yeah that i've been saying this for two years 
We need a truth and reconciliation commission. We get through everything. Everything gets exposed. Do you know about and then you know how that works? How how these how, how we get that? That's how they did it in South Africa after apartheid. It's actually why Mandela deserved such you know was such a wonderful figure. He said, "Look, what are we going to do? Put a quarter million people in prison. Every white guy was a prison guard or a cop or something." Now, so they set up these commissions in every town. You could come down and confess publicly. I was a prison guard for 23 years, and while I did, I I murdered seven guys and I tortured 52 times. Lisa. And you just put it all out there, and everything was forgiven, and there was no prosecution. But if you left something out, and they found out about it later when someone else testified, they could come and prosecute you for that. So it created a great incentive for everyone just to come forward and in 60 days get everything on the table that had happened. And you don't tie up the country in 15 years of prosecution. Well, and not only that, but I think when you have the transparency, there's less corruption. Because when you when you pick out players, key players who you're going to prosecute and who you're going to punish, then a lot of things get swept under the rug. We saw this with the Nuremberg trials, right? And then we had Operation Paperclip. So you had a bunch of figures take the fall and look, look, we got them, we got them. But then what what really happened is they just shuttled the whole entire operation into our intelligence agencies and they kept the operation going. And that's what Operation Paperclip was all about. So I think if you have the transparency, I mean, there's always going to be some level of corruption and denial and cover up. But I think it mitigates against that to some degree. Well, Warren Buffett says sometimes a man has to rise above his principles. (laughs) And I guess you could say the same thing of a nation state. And maybe that's what the intelligence community is for. They have to rise above the principles. Yeah, there needs to be a community that is outside, but in service to the original mission, they're not supposed to take over. Yeah, except that, that that's not quite what we have. And I would argue that's never been the intention. I mean, when you read books like The Devil's Chessboard, have you read that? Uh, it's Talbot. It's great. And it's a, it reads like a soap opera, but it's the genesis of our OSS, the CIA. Oh, really? Yeah. The Devil's Chessboard. Yeah. They're great, great book, but it really reads like a soap opera, except we're talking about the history of our military industrial complex. So, well, yeah. There, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of good patriots in there, I'm sure. It's a matter of something's gone wrong at the top. Absolutely. I mean, I I think that about the whole military apparatus, a lot of really good people go in with well-meaning intentions. Unfortunately, you know what's really happened? There's a way to the top in D.C. called Ram Spec. And if you can get a political appointment, so you're over, you're high up in an agency, then you create a job. And that's normal. There are political commissars always oversee in every country the, the, the government, the guy running the country has his commissars overseeing all the bureaucracy in different places but they're they come and go they're supposed to come and go what you don't want and what's what they there was our organization well they can they you can do something where you create a job inside the bureaucracy and then you apply for it and take it so you never leave and that used to be there was a real taboo against doing that for hundreds of years and then about 30, 35 years ago, I understand, probably the time of Bush one, that actually dissolved that taboo. And so now you have a whole bunch of people who got to these top positions, not by being great government employees in all kinds of different channels, but they got a political appointment to the top and then they burrowed in. And I, and I hear it's sort of two thirds, one third, 
or a uh, Democrat, Republican, maybe even tighter than that. I don't know. But it's just not good institutional. I've known some of them. Excellent. I've known one Republican, one who was a, one of my heroes. But it's not good institutional design to let that happen because uh, what you end up with are some seasoned, hardcore, wonderful government employees getting bossed around by some kid who went to Brown and then studied social justice and made a good donation. And he got to the top, he got an appointment, and then he burrowed in. That's not a good system. No. Definitely. And if you got rid of all of them, it would create all kinds of upward mobility within government, frankly. You create all, you refill from within, and you get rid of the people who got there via politics, and you refill from within by those who got there by talent. It would actually be good for the people in government to get, and, you know, nobody has to, everyone, you can be generous. You give everyone a nice severance salary, say, thank you for your service. And it's it's not about punishing them, but it's about that's a bad institutional design and we should clean that up. Yeah, we should. I, I think to some degree that might buffer against the the indoctrination and grooming that they do. That's why they have those political appointments, because they come out of the institutions that have groomed them to oh, yeah. adopt the worldview and the agenda that they're trying to push forth. Well, that was the Gramsci project, the long march through the institutions, <laughs> take over them and teach them. I saw even a very famous lefty, Noam Chomsky, say, why do people go spend four years studying this intersectional postmodernist stuff? It's ideology. It's unfalsifiable. You can learn it in five minutes. It's unfalsifiable. It makes no prediction. It tells you nothing. Everything. It's just pure ideology. Yeah, kids go in, spend four years and $200,000 oh, yeah. learning something you can learn in two minutes. Cool. There's a presser, a press, and our job is to... Def- uh, defend the oppressed from the oppressor. That's basically it. And to progress the dialectic. Yeah. That's literally their job. Yeah. So they, they need to, but they have to go through four years of school and spend $250,000 so they can be a part of Praxis. Yeah. Yeah. So for 2024, do you think Trump has a shot? What do you think about RFK being thrown into the mix? <laughs> Who being thrown out? RFK. Well, I do like RFK. Sam I do like RFK. Yeah. You know, the fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. RFK may disagree, and you may disagree on various Prince policies, but the big thing that you have to know, he knows, just like DJT knows, which is that there is a corrupt swamp which yeah. has taken over our federal government at the top, right. and the people need to take it back. Yeah. So I do have to say RFK, know, RFK knows that very important thing. I sure would love to see him get through the Democratic Party, but my guess is they will snuff him like they snuffed Bernie Sanders. Right. Right. And what do you think about the voting machines? Like, do you think we will have an actual? So, I mean, you read Carol Quigley. He argues we haven't had an election. The CFR has controlled our election for well over a century. Who says this? Carol Quigley. I, well, I know that our our machine. I, I so The machines are newer. But I mean, he says essentially the elections have been rigged for well over. A our elections are much worse than I thought they were. I knew yeah. 20 years ago. I would have told you, but my understanding at the time was there was probably about 2% cheating. Both sides did it. It went in both directions, and it probably left the Democrats a net 1% advantage. That's what I thought. I now understand they can take it to 15% if they need to, like in Maricopa. They can really, if they put their back into it, they can move the needle 10 or 15 points, which can just sort of overwhelm any. You know, the game is played between the 40-yard lines. No one wins more than 60 40 if you know most things are 52 48 51 49 but if you can move something 10 or 15 points 
it's a lock. It's a rigged game. Right. But so what does that mean for us moving forward? Because if they're if the elections are rigged, then these we can't get out of this death loop. Yeah. So it all comes down to the election of 2024. Your election of 2024 is either the election where we get flipped inextricably into a Chavista revolution, in which case you will uh, understand, literally look up the look up the book, The Hundred Year Marathon, which is an American book about this. But these books or the speech by Churhalton and the uh, unrestricted warfare. You, it's the end of the USA. We will be a field. We'll be a farm. You'll probably be liquidated in a FEMA camp and, and through alkaline hydrolysis, and then your remains spread on a field as manure. That's what's coming for you. And if that all sounds crazy, you just have to read the Chinese national security stuff where they're talking about this. And listen, I know, I know a thing or two about this. I promise you that's, that's not out of conception for Xi Jinping by any means. How do I know this? Because in 1983-84, I was a student at Beijing Teachers University studying Maoism and Marxism and such. That's Chinese, Chinese history and philosophy, including Maoism and Marxism. That's why you see all of this so clearly. Yeah, I've, yeah. Just, I saw this then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because growing up, my, my dad was always screaming like, you know, basically the communists are coming. They're taking over. It's like, like always. And it's happening tomorrow. And, it's been like a hundred year plan. I, I, at the time, I mean, I was a kid. I was like, dad, I think you're being a little hyperbolic. And then I got to high school and I, I, I did an independent study in philosophy in high school. And I was like, no, dad, you're right. And yeah, I think it's already happened. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we get the last chance is to yeah. wake up. You wake up, you take it all back. They have revealed themselves for who they are. And I say America all my life. I've heard people asking, are we debating? Are we the exceptional country? We're going to show that we're the exceptional country because we can defeat this just by waking up. We don't need to fire a bullet. We can, we're can. we going to defeat this revolution and we're going to do it peacefully. And that's what's going to make show. How do we do that? Because we keep our act together. Yeah. And we win the 2024 election and we don't let anyone go to send a civil war or anything violent. Every time somebody does that, they're setting us back. J6, I, I get that people were tricked and there was a Fed direction and such, but still by, by falling for it, it was a huge setback. And they're really coming at you with this transgender stuff and your kids. They're really coming. You're trying to go to you got, we got to keep it peaceful and you have to, I would say the number one, I'm working on selling the election integrity, justice for all is a great, is the justice for all project is the project that's been started that the, the America project spun off. That's, that's doing some of this stuff. So the America project focuses on this justice for all. Uh, and I, uh, oh, where was I going? I wanted to tell you the most important thing you can do is get involved in your, besides supporting those organizations financially is get involved in the precinct strategy, precinctstrategy.com. And this is how it works. There are, for every 125 Republicans, there's supposed to be one delegate to the party. That means there's 400,000 seats in America. Only 200,000 are taken. We can take over the Republican party from within just by showing up. 
Look into your local Republican Party. Sign it to be a precinct oh, guy. So local, cute. local. Take over from within. Take the thing over from within. The people who are running it now are in on the game. They're in on it. They don't. They're in on a unit party ends up walking off with the prize, and ninety percent of you don't have a role in the new world. That's really the world that they have planned. I mean, you're going to have a cubicle and an Xbox or something, but the world they have planned is this crazy world, and that that's how you uh, that's how you defeat it. Precinctstrategy.com and support the organizations America Project and Justice for All. Yeah, and I just wanted to, I'm going to plug the event, but I want to talk about, you're saying the transgender kids, you know, they're coming after the kids with the transgender stuff. And with our event, they, we actually had tried to get the Harlandale Park, which is a venue across, we're now at Liberty Hall in the Franklin factory, which is beautiful. It's very much aligned. Liberty Hall says it all, right? Uh, but we wanted to get the Harlandale Park because it would have been much cheaper for us. And it was pending, but it took so long. We were waiting to figure out why it was pending. It turns out that it's because the the city was approving the Pride Festival. And so they did, the mayor was the breaking vote. And so they've now approved it. And Williamson County is very, very red. This is not, you know, typical to have these kinds of things in Williamson County. There's but a, they're targeting it. So there's a Marxist concept. Uh nudge push shove yes so they're not you know they're not at the point where they're shoving they're shoving and and you don't want to be violent but they're trying to provoke you yeah so say peaceful and use legal means to put sticks in their spokes metaphorically as much as you can this whole their whole movement don't let them shut they're just trying to shock you they're trying to get a reaction and the linsky tactics their target is your reaction they're trying. It is all about how to get a reaction out of you, which they can then film and put in TV and make it the next George Floyd event, or make it, you know, these ignorant people hate us and they want to exterminate us, kind of stuff. So uh, your reaction is their target. Yes, Alinsky, um, in his rules for radicals, made a tribute to Lucifer, who he said was the master deceiver. Uh, so. Yeah, so that that's clearly who he modeled his, uh, you know, what was it, a 10-point plan after? Yeah, all the rules for radicals. So, um, yeah. I better get moving. I think we're speaking soon. Thank you so much. Tell well, them where they can find you. You can find me at Twitter, Pat, at, at Patrick Byrne, at, uh, and also patrickburn.locals.com. Patrickburn.locals.com. Locals.com is a great platform. It's a great platform, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.